I think Kanye West is doing this to save a ton of tax money and to start his own church or whatever? I don't know. Um, does he want to tap into an audience that will be driven to purchase his stuff because he's no longer cursing at it? I don't know. But when you're working with folks like Joel Austin, who's a mega church pastor, when you would probably never do that six years ago, it kind of makes me think, why are you really doing it? Welcome to Musically Speaking, the podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro, where we discuss all things music, the business of music, and making your mark as an independent artist. We're glad you're here. So let's get this show started. Well, welcome to another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. My name is Lewis. And my name is Pedro. And I'm excited. This is the. A season finale of our first year doing the show. That's right, baby. We've made it this far. Not not too many people make it this far, so kudos to us. That is true, and kudos to everyone who listens in. Thank you all for giving us some great positive feedback. We have a lot of great things based on your feedback that we are going to get ready for season two. And yeah, can't wait. You know, uh, Lewis, I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a big fan of television and I love the whole aspect of doing different seasons and doing different things. So, of course, with a new season will come a, a kind of a new intro. Yeah. You know, we'll change some graphics a little bit. Our website will will kind of be very similar, but we'll we'll keep uh, we'll, we'll change a few things around. Yeah, we got to grow, right? And I'm really excited about that and looking forward to it. This episode, we're going to focus on... Um, not a recap of the year, because the year's not technically over yet, but we want to talk about some of the things that we really liked about 2019. I think it was, in my opinion, and you can you can chime in, Luis, I think that this was not as heavy of a year in music as 2018. I would agree. I feel like there was a period there where music was moving very fast, things were changing a lot, and then this this one kind of leveled itself a little bit. And I was happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm still discovering music that came out in 2018, 2017, and even 2016 to uh, to some <laughs> some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just heard a, a couple of songs from a few artists that I really enjoyed, and I was like, man, this sounds new. The album came out two years ago. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I did appreciate a little bit of a slowdown because it gave me a chance to catch up on on what's going on out there. But there was still some good stuff that came out this year specifically. That I really enjoyed. And uh, I wanted to focus on uh, albums a little bit. Because singles come out so quickly. You know, folks put out songs just to put them out. And sometimes when the songs finally make it to the album, it's been a single that's been out for quite some time. Yeah. So I wanted to focus on full body of work. And, you know, I figured I could start with kind of the darling right now of... 2019 and the Grammys, which is coming up in February, of course. Uh, Billie Eilish, you know, yeah, uh, kind of. Most people say that she is the devilish younger sister of Lord. If if you remember Lord with Royals, and she won a couple Grammys herself. Well, now that you say that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, most people have mentioned that that's kind of what she, uh, what the description would be like. I think it's a Pretty fair assumption. Uh, when we fall asleep, where do where where do we go? When we fall asleep, where do we go? Is the name of the album. I really liked it. 
I I really enjoyed it. I think it's nominated for several Grammys, and I think it's going to win a few. And uh, the music is is very dark, very apropos for someone of Billie Eilish's age as a teenager. And she does. She's very very talented. She does a lot of the writing. Her brother helps with a lot of the producing. The music is does a lot of genre bending. So I was I was really happy with because uh, you know Bad Guy is the big single here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I don't know if you do this, Lise, but when I hear a song that's been playing a million times on the radio and it's an artist that I don't know very much, I'm more curious about what else is on that album. So yeah, I mean that that's a that's a long lost art, right? Not not a lot of people uh, kind of worry about that or think about that. So I knew that that was a hit. You know, my daughter sings it. I she's only nine, but I'm like, I hope she doesn't really understand what she's talking about. But it's a catchy song. Let me tell a little secret here. I, I found out recently. Of course, you mentioned her brother, which I, it's hard to pronounce now. I think it's Phineas. Probably Phineas, perhaps. Yeah, Phineas. For those yep, for those yep. Irish folks, you might want to let us know exactly how you say it. <laughs> the interesting thing is, all their major hits that Billy Eilish has had have been produced and co-written by her brother, and all everything that you've heard that's been hot to her her past two singles have all been recorded in their bedroom studio. Ah. Which is very interesting. And then they, there's you know, there's a couple of articles about it that talk about that. A lot of great recordings that are coming out of home recording studios that are major. You know, you would think that, you know, they well, it has to be done in a major studio, a label's back in it, but you know, a lot of good stuff is coming out of, of, you know, just smaller recording studios. So I found that really interesting and inspiring actually. Um, that that that's the case. Well, if you think about it, the trend has been for the last few years for folks to really hone in on their own independence status. I think Chance the Rapper opened that door and people just barged right in, right? Yeah. You're not getting a lot of these folks saying, well, if I'm going to make a, a, make a hit record, and there's some exceptions, but if I'm going to make a hit album, I need to work with Timbaland. I need to work with Kanye. I need to work with, you know, uh, a big time producer. Not, right. not necessarily the case, which I think is a goldmine for record labels. Mm. You know, they're saying, well, I don't have to pay a massive retainer to Dr. Dre to put, you know, I, I, these guys can do it in their bedroom. Yeah. Now, the problem, in my opinion, is what happens after that? Because all that work, because a lot of that work is blood, sweat, and tears to get to a level where you're pretty high now. And that expectation is that it'll continue. What happens then? And, you know, Lord is an example of that. She was big. Yeah, she fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, you fall off. And it's very difficult in today's age to continue to keep up with the pace. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about Cardi B in 2018. She didn't do a lot of releasing in 2019. I mean, obviously, she had a baby. She was touring. She put out some singles, which were fire. But she's right now working on what would be her next project and she says that the pressure is immense yeah of course it is yeah so uh, billy eilish and her brother put together a wonderful uh, debut album they've worked on other things so this is like their first major label debut and i think that they have a lot of potential to continue only because billy eilish is so young so she's continued to grow she's going to have new things coming up and the topics of what she will discuss in her music will continue to evolve because of that so I, I think there's a lot to be said there. And although we haven't done our Grammy episode, I do believe that she's going to win some Grammys. And 
Lewis, we also talked about the year of Lizzo, 2019. Yeah, blew up. Yeah, someone who's been working at her craft for many years and, and actually, you know, some of her music was recorded years ago and now finally getting the recognition that it is deserved, which almost makes it seem that she's ahead of her time. 2013 is when her first release. There's some backstory on her uh, about, you know, her struggle, you know, not only with her music, but getting to a space where she's at now, feeling good about being in her own skin. She wears it well, you know what I'm saying? She's just full of life, full of love, and she's very inspirational. So, you know, she's been struggling with music for a long time. Truth Hurts finally, you know, came on the scene and that blew her up huge. I mean, she's uh, that song has done wonders, opened so many doors, got them some Grammy nominations. They're up for, for the Grammys now for album of the year, which is amazing. And their latest single, um, I think, is even a good example of making sure you have a great follow up because what's going to be Truth Hurts? Her song right now that's Killing the airwaves is good as hell. So she is, she's doing her thing. And there's a lot of backstory and, and her working closely with her, her producer, uh, his name is Reed, uh, Rick Reed. Um, amazing story behind that. And it was a relationship where Rick Reed and Lizzo were grinding it out for 10, 15 years, you know, and just recording demo after demo, doing albums, nothing's banging, nothing's banging, and they didn't give up, you know what I'm saying, they kept at it, kept at it, and we're in 2019, and finally, finally she broke. There's a series on YouTube called uh, Genius, uh, and it, it talks about, there, there are little segments that talk about the behind the scenes on how songs were created, and it's more on the production side, right, so if you're a big fan of how did the producer come up with that production? Um, the producer walks you through step by step, you know, instrument by instrument, how they built the song or where it got and what the backstory is was on the song. Definitely, when you get a chance, uh, go ahead and check that out on YouTube. I'm sure we'll link it in our show notes. But the backstory on Truth Hurts is amazing. It's an amazing uh, little documentary for you to check out. But uh, yeah, she's had an amazing career. I'm very happy for her. Yeah, and Lizzo's an example. We've talked a lot about this on our show when we feature... Uh, you know, episodes that deal with kind of what it is to be an independent artist or any sort of person who's trying to get somewhere. Success in today's age is not immediate. Sure, you're going to go viral. There's some things that happen that kind of blow up, but those tend to be, you know, very kind of 15 minutes of fame type stuff. You know, someone like Lizzo, who's been working very hard, has a better chance of sustained success because they've been working for so long. Right. So it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's music or some sort of career that you're working on, or in this case, our podcast, you know, sure, we could have blown up in five or six episodes, but we're continuing to hone our craft and fix things and do things. When someone eventually gets to the point where it's become big, because, you know, we are not exactly super famous here, we've already done our homework. So we will be able to sustain that success. That's for anybody who's listening, who's trying to work on a particular part. Don't give up. Don't give yeah, up. Yeah, it's a grind. It is a grind. It, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a race, you know? Yeah, and then big, t you know, like Lizzo has mentioned many times, and if you follow her on social media, she mentions it many times. She says, I didn't wake up famous and with all the success. I was mm -hmm. moving around from city to city. I was broke. I was, you know, she was, she's been through a lot and she's a great positive influence on a lot of folks who are just like her grinding it out, whether it is they want to become some sort of success in anything that they do. So uh, I think Lizzo is a great, great story. And I think she's going to be the darling of the Grammys along with Billie Eilish 
in uh, in the, the next Grammys that is happening in February, twenty twenty twenty. Love it, love it. Yeah, uh, I wanted to take some time now that we're kind of in the same topic of folks grinding it out. I, I do want to uh, highlight a little bit on Dave East, a rapper who comes out of uh, Queens. Oh yeah, dope album. Survival is the name of the album. It is his first major label album. He finally, you know, he's been grinding it out for years in the mixtape circuit. But this time, you know, now you got a major label. You got some big heavy hitters, some good beats. You can pay for samples, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. get some get some folks to collaborate with you. And it is an amazing, amazing album. It's long, lots of tracks. But I would say that a large majority of it is very good. And it almost, it's a... What I like about this album, Lewis, is that it tells a story throughout the album. These songs kind of have a cohesive unit. Yeah, it goes back to hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? That's the one thing that attracted me to this album the most. The talk around Facebook and, and social media was, you know, he wasn't going for commercial hits. He was going back to that hip-hop grind, to what, what reminded you about hip-hop of the 80s and the 90s, of lyrics, of of lyrical delivery, of beats. Um, it's a dope album. I don't know if you know this, but he actually he plays the role of Method Man in the Wu-Tang Saga series that's uh, that's showing on Hulu. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. That, I'm sure that platform allowed him to even you know, to springboard off and to really become successful. So, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, it's another story about someone who had to grind it out and change directions based on what was going on in his life. I mean, he had a dream of playing basketball, and he was actually very good. That's right. Yep. And, you know, things didn't work out the way they, they could. He got himself into a little bit of trouble, and he had to change course. And then he, he was like, man, I, I want to I rap. I, I think I can tell some stories. And he had to grind it out and work real hard. And some of it, you know, like all things in life, you kind of need a little bit of luck, right? You know, his mixtape fell in the hands mm -hmm. of Nas. He happened to know Nas's brother. He didn't know that his brother was Nas's brother. You know, he didn't know that. He was like, this is my friend. I didn't know that that person was related to Nas. They met. Nas got a good feel, a good vibe from him and kind of continued on his path. But Dave East, it was like, I'm not going to ride your coattails. I'm just, you know, he signed to Mass Appeal, which is Nas's label, but kept grinding and kept working on his craft. And you can hear it in the Survival album. He almost has a very distinct voice. He, he found himself. And it's a very good album. Great storytelling. And it, it, I like it a lot. Worth a listen, even though it came out just recently. A very, very good album. Any other folks that you feel had a really good 2018 or any any other people that you think deserve to be listened to? One of the albums that I enjoyed, you know, and she's more streamlined commercial, is Ariana Grande. And and the reason I, I loved her, her 2019 debut album, Thank You, Next, out the gate, she had three number one singles off of you know she kind of put her career put put her name back on the map with songs like thank you next which is great seven rings uh break up with your girlfriend on board uh just just dope records that really made an impact on the music industry and kind of brought you know female pop back on the scene but the female market in terms of female r&b there wasn't anyone who stood out you know, at that point. So I think she filled a void in 2019 and uh, and had a great yeah, year. Yeah, and, you know, with Taylor Swift taking her time with a new album and kind of what her struggles were with her label and all that stuff that was going on, uh, Ariana Grande kind of filled that gap. Sweetener, which was the album before that, was also a pretty big success. So folks were thinking, well, she's just going to ride that, go on tour. But, you know, she kind of had a moment. You know, sometimes you're... You're working on a project or you're in the middle of something and, and you know, she was going through some stuff personally and she kind of just was like, you know what, I'm 
I'm inspired. Locked herself in a room and just banged out yeah, all these yeah. hits. Wasn't she dating that guy from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, she was dating Pete Davidson. It was one of those things where it got too serious too quickly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you ever get matching tattoos, you better make sure it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it was. It got a little crazy there, but then you know the public the the breakup was very public. You know, and, and Pete Davidson, as known, uh, has been very public with his uh, mental health uh, issues and things like that. So it got a little crazy there, you know. So I I was I was that's a good album. I was very happy with with kind of that release and a lot of. A lot of angst in that particular album. You know, she was letting off a lot of steam there. Yeah, he's talking about a lot of adult stuff. <laughs> but uh, the production quality is what I really enjoyed about that album. I mean, you want to get a lesson in pop in 2019, listen to that album. Yeah. Because. Agreed. I mean, every single song on there is just straight fire, built for radio, straight pop, but still has substance. Really good stuff. That is another one that's I think will win at least one Grammy. So worth looking into. I want to highlight. I do want to talk about this album because this is the probably the one rap album that I listened to the most in 2019, and I don't think it's getting a lot of love. Maybe because it got lost in the shuffle, or because it's not as sing songy as some other stuff that was out there. But Logic came out with. Conf- mm, Confessions yeah, of a Dangerous one. Mind. And he's been in the scene for a while. Most people know him as the 1-800-suicide guy. But this album was really cool because it really was a very lyrical with some really dope beats. He had he's worked with his longtime collaborator on this. And I really enjoyed a lot of the tracks on here. He kind of goes back and forth with his style he has a track in there with Eminem where they bounce off each other very well called Homicide. You know, uh, he even got Will Smith to rap a verse on a record. I mean, that's hard to do. So it was a very well done album. It was one of my favorites of, of the year. And uh, it, it did not get nominated for a Grammy. I don't know if it's because of the timing of it. So because the Grammys are weird. Their, their time frame blends in two years. So stuff released in 2018 and 2019 are kind of part of that 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 the calendar. Yeah. So a lot of folks were complaining that uh, Meek Mill Champions wasn't nominated, but it just fell off. It wasn't on the timeline, but it was nominated this yeah. year. So I'm a little, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So, but the Logic Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. He's on tour right now. I really enjoyed that album. You know, now that you know, let's talk a little bit about Lewis. What we you know, things we're looking forward to in 2020. Is there anything you're looking forward to? I don't I don't like to pay too much attention to what might be coming out because it's just too fast. But anything you're looking forward to in 2020 yeah. musically? Well, yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm looking forward to the album that didn't that didn't come out in 2019. And that was the comeback of Rihanna. Ooh. Um, there was a lot of talk over the past two years of her, you know, her in the studio. There was talks about her, you know, that she went back home and she's been recording and, uh, you know, and leaks about her coming out 2019 and she never did, you know, and then those, and it just kind of, where's Rihanna? You know, that we're expecting <laughs> Rihanna. And uh, so that's one thing I'm looking forward to in 2020 uh, is Rihanna. I think, uh, I think it's long overdue. I'm waiting on a Rihanna album. Yeah, Rihanna, that, that's something that I totally forgot about. I mean, in the middle of what was Beyonce doing her Lion King thing, Taylor Swift finally coming out with an album, which I believe didn't have the impact that many people thought it would have. 
was successful, but I don't think that Taylor Swift album really shook any. It didn't make waves. Lizzo, Lizzo was it's, it's Lizzo's world right now. I just yep. you know Taylor Swift is still talented. Some of her stuff sounded really good on that album, but I think that the direction that the music world is taking you. That's why Rihanna, when you mention her. She's probably thinking like, man, I, you know, what am I working with here? Because she is, she is, she she is sitting back watching everything go. Yeah, <laughs> and she's she's and she's looking for her lane. You know, even folks like Celine Dion who came back and put out an album this year. You are you you're playing with a different ballgame now, and you know you got to be able to keep. You know, when you're out of the game for that long, Rihanna, I don't think is going to have any problems. But musically, what are you looking for? Is she going to kind of Go with the wave or try something new, you know? So it'll be interesting to see if she just starts another another style, another wave. Could be. She has that potential, you know? And, and she's very... She reminds smart. me... Yeah, she kind of almost reminds me a little bit like a Lauren Hill. That's someone who can kind of, you know, hip-hop-ish, R&B, but she, she still has that pop appeal. Um, she has so much potential. Yeah, and she's a person that likes to create trends. I mean, she was one of the first people... To really embrace the EDM sound when when folks were kind of shying away from that. I mean, to have Calvin Harris on a track and, and really take it forward. Like she's she embraces trends a little bit ahead of their time. So that's a great one there. I want to think forward now, right? You know, so we're talking about 2020, but Fat Joe just released his album Family Ties, which I think was long overdue. Uh, has some great tracks on it. Uh, it even even spawned some beef between <laughs> Eminem and and uh, yeah, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, yeah. So uh, I, I'm just interested to see where that's gonna go for 2020. I, I've always been, you know, kind of hesitant on artists releasing albums at the end of the year. You know, November, December. Um, part of it is to you know to capture the whole holiday audience and 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 sales. But you know, albums. I I wish they would you know maybe wait for January so that you know, you kind of start the year fresh. But nonetheless, that's that's an album I don't I don't want to kind of tuck under the rug and forget about. And I want to consider it you know more for 2020. But I'm I'm interested to see how how well or not well that album does. Um, because I think Fat Joe put put his all on it. He he grabbed all the heavy hitters, some of the best producers. Uh, he has a lot of um, featured artists on it. So I just want to see what kind of impact that does for 2020. You know, that's a good point. I did get to hear the album. I, I, I find the album entertaining. I am not a Fat Joe fan, so I'm going to be honest okay. there. Fair enough. But I knew that Fat Joe hasn't really done too much in terms of releasing. He's been kind of taking more of a backseat. He's been doing more TV. He says he wants to be a dad, kind of spend more time off. He's made plenty of money. So I knew that this album, he was going to put his heart and soul into it because it might be his last, you know? Exactly, right. And, you know, one of the things that I do like about this album, and I'll let people kind of judge for themselves, is that it is a collaboration kind of album. It is Fat Joe, but it's Fat Joe and Dre from Cool and Dre, the producing team. And Dre does a lot of rapping in it, so it's a lot of them both kind of going back and forth, which is good because I don't know if I can take Fat Joe for about (laughs) 40, like an hour, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but I can take him in small doses. So if he does a song and he does one verse, I'm good with it. And he does a lot of that. Plus, he has a lot of great guests in there. The producing is top notch. So I think that he did a really good job. I think he knows his lane. Yeah. See, the one thing about Joe that I appreciate from him the most is that he has this just keen ability to create um, 
um, anthems is what the word I'm looking for. You know, lean back all the way up. The newest one he has with uh, with Cardi B. Those are all club anthems. You you can play those in 1999. You can play it in 2025, and they will still rock the club. I think he has had that ability to create those kind of songs, um, moments in time. So that's one thing I'll give Joe for sure. Yeah, I mean, what I always tell people is that Fat Joe is a good singles rapper. He, he I, can, I I think that's a good that's a good way of putting it. He can give you a hit. He can give you a catchy phrase. Just don't expect uh, him to, you know, blow you away in a full album, which is what I've had trouble with throughout his career. A, a greatest hits of Fat Joe, I can listen to anytime. So that's why I was very interested to see what, what he was going to do with this album. And I think this is probably his strongest effort that he's ever put together. And if it is his last, then he did a very good job with it. But it's hard. It's hard to get away from it. You get the itch. So... Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I don't want to leave this podcast without at least mentioning Kanye West, who's now gone full on Christian. Go ahead, man. I don't know what to say. Well, you know what? I'm going to be subjective here. Jesus is king. I'm a, I'm a, I am a Kanye West fan, at least up to the point of Jesus. After that, things have kind of gone down south for me, and I've, I don't want to cancel him completely, but. Jesus is King is, in all intents and purposes, a somewhat gospel album. And I, I wasn't in love with it. I felt it was saccharine and kind of hokey. Because if you listen to some of his older stuff, it's completely anti-Jesus. So if you really turn a new leaf, I'm going to need a Jesus is King part two, three, and four. Like, I want you to keep it up. But... His producing work and his vision and the way he puts things together is just on another level. I mean, I listen to his album mainly because I know he's going to produce some good work. He's not going to give me garbage. But the content was no good, in my opinion. So uh, Follow God is my favorite on that. I wish it was longer. It's vintage Kanye West with a soul sample. So I don't know. I mean, it's... All I got to say about this, man, look, look, Kanye to me, I think Kanye the persona has overshadowed Kanye the artist. And I think a lot of folks miss, they, you know, they, look, everyone has the right to change. Everyone has the right to grow, to go a different direction. You give that to him, right? His music, to your point, I've always said this, I think Kanye West's music is genius. Anything he touches is genius. He's 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 great at that, and he knows that, right? He he has no no problem telling you that that he's genius and that he he's he's the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread. But I think the persona is what hinders him. Is what uh, causes people to look beyond his music and have to deal with his rhetoric, have to deal with his show, have to deal with all the the stuff that he comes out of his mouth. It's just unfortunate that that. He's in that that mind frame, but again, you know what I'm saying we're we're the, from the outside looking in. He may be at peace. He may love where he's at right now and love what he's doing. I just think maybe it's it's uh, like you said, if if he turns to gospel and he does, you know, a part two, a part three, and stays consistent, then maybe that will sell better to his original fan base. And I think that's what's questionable is where his original fans are saying, "Hey, I miss, I love your music, but I miss." The Kanye that came with that music. Yeah, and that's a very that's that's a very solid point. You know, when your personality overshadows the the art, 
we got a problem here. And and you know, I I'm I'm a little cynical by nature. So whenever when anybody does something that's completely a 180 of what you are, I'm going to and then especially in you're in the business of making money, I'm going to question it. So Am I, you know, do I think Kanye West is doing this to save a ton of tax money and to start his own church or whatever? I don't know. Um, does he want to tap into an audience that will be driven to purchase his stuff because he's no longer cursing at it? I don't know. But when you're working with folks like Joel Austin, who's a mega church pastor, when you would probably never do that six years ago, it kind of makes me think, why are you really doing this? So, yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. I think the album is okay. I, I think I, most of the reviews have pretty much said what I've said, which is the music is well produced. The content is so so. So, but I did not want to kind of go away without at least mentioning that because it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, leading up to what was uh, the release of that, and uh, at the end of the day, it it got a couple of hits. I don't know if it's still sticking around. Uh, Last thing, Juice World passed away. Uh, a yeah, that was sad, yeah. A young rapper that I really liked and I thought was one of the better younger rappers that were out there, you know, with the style that he had. Uh, still more information coming out of that, but, it, you know, sadly it looks like it's some sort of drug overdose. He did have a seizure at the airport. And uh, the jet, the private jet that he was flying in was found with a ton of marijuana and hydrocodone and guns so um, more more to come about that once we get more information then we'll probably talk a little bit more about that but it's a shame juice world was only 21 years old and uh, he didn't you know a lot of his music was around kind of feeling sad and angst and drug use and uh, we, we really need to start thinking about this these messages that these folks are talking about in their music because a lot of folks really gravitated towards that so we got to see what's going on there 2020 is coming up um, we're excited about indeed. it indeed yep not only a new year but a new decade i want to say thank you to everyone who's hung out with us for this season it's been a pleasure we've had a lot of fun chopping it up musically speaking with all of you i can't wait to see what we have in store for uh, the, the next season and uh, i'm i can't say too much but i'm really psyched about uh some of the new stuff we have coming up so you're gonna see a new kind of setup in january yeah it's exciting man it's, it's good it's good i'm glad uh you know we're it's a, it's a it is a big accomplishment for not only us but but our listenership uh you know to, to move on to season two and you know we we're gonna we're gonna try some new things you know we'll try to bring on some more guests we'll try to uh to be a little uh you know add some more segments in our episodes um, you know, we're going to stick to what we think works, right? You know, stick to the whole 25, 30 minute kind of episode uh, length. And, uh, you know, and you'll still hear both Pedro and I, you know, not lecture to you, but have a conversation between two guys who love music and we'll, we'll see where the chips fall. Um, but we're looking forward to it for sure. And uh, definitely check out past episodes. Check out our show notes. We put a lot of good information on there and, you know, links and things that you should be looking into that we speak about on the show www.musicallyspeakingpodcast.com. Also on the top, there is a season one section. So all the links easily easily found on there, which will take you to the page of the show notes along with what the episode is. So please yep, for sure. 
we, we put a lot of work on those show notes to make sure that we keep you informed with whatever we might miss. So make sure you check that out when you get a chance. Yep, and we're working on trying to get our episodes on YouTube, so stay tuned for that. For those folks who love getting the podcast or getting your music on YouTube, um, we'll, we'll work on that. So uh, happy holidays, uh, since we probably won't speak to you before Christmas. So have a great holiday, happy Kwanzaa, um, whatever you, however you celebrate. Yeah, Hanukkah. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. For those atheists, happy December. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe we can squeeze out an episode before the new year. Um, if we don't, then we'll probably be saying Happy New Year as well. <laughs> For sure, and thank you all once again. We will see you all next time, and we look forward to Season 2. All right, catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Musically Speaking with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro. Be sure to visit musicallyspeakingpodcast.com for show 